Happy Mother's Day um, to all the moms here today. Um, you know, it's said that motherhood is like a fairy tale, but in reverse, because you start in a gown, but end up cleaning up after everyone. It's also said that being a mom to a teenager, how many moms to teens do we have here this morning, will make you understand why some animals eat their young. <laughs> Lastly, if it can be said um, that it, you know, it's sad when you sit around waiting for mom to make dinner and then realize you are mom, right? Happy Mother's Day again um, to moms and also the all the adopted moms here this morning. I say that because besides my own incredible mother, uh, my amazing wife, um, I have a sister and all the I have a couple sisters-in-laws and and just all incredible women in my life. Um, I also had some adopted moms throughout my lifetime that were just so special. My my parents were also in ministry, and so we moved around some. And we had um, ladies in the church that just wrapped their arms around us and were again like uh, moms and grandmas and aunts to us. We lived we lived states away from our family, as do our kids here. And so um, we're just so thankful um, for all the women in their lives. Um, I had a, a real, real special, and do have a real special relationship with an aunt of mine. We always called Nanny. Um, long story short, they tried to get my sister to call my grandma Nanny, and she got confused, and so it just stuck, right? Um, but uh, she was so, so special in our life. Um, she ended up not being able to have kids of her own, and so we became like her own kids, right? And, um, you know, slipping 20s under the table, you know, without my uncle ever seeing. I mean, I think he knew, but I think she just loved being secretive about it, you know? Um, um, maybe you had someone in your life like that, maybe your kids do, or, or maybe you are like that to someone else, right? Um, listen, the incredible role of, of families, uh, the incredible role of women in families and communities to love Love and nurture is such a unique one, amen. And um, to see how God designed the sexes with with such different gifts and strengths really is incredible. Um, please know this morning the immense impact that a woman has on so many. Um, whether you have biological kids or, like my aunt, are the an adopted mom to someone you love and care about, I want you to know this morning that you matter. You matter, and uh, we thank you and honor you this morning. So um, on your way out, we have a special gift for all the women here today. So please take one on your way out. It'll be out on the table in the lobby. Um, just take that as a small gift um, as, of our appreciation for you. All right? Um, let's get into it this morning. Um, open your Bibles with me if you've got them to Proverbs, Old Testament book of Proverbs. We're going to look at chapter 31. It'll be up on your screens as well. Um, this morning we look at what is an incredible passage um, in the Bible, um, one that's well known because of its admonition to women specifically. Um, I want to take a dive into Proverbs 31 this morning. Um, this section of scripture is, is so famous, uh, so well known in church and ministry circles, women's ministry and things, that a, a woman who sort of models this, these character traits shown in Proverbs 31 can be known simply as a quote, Proverbs 31 woman, right? Because she, um, she meets some of these, these, um, standards or, or character traits, we should say rather here. Um, as always when we're reading scripture though, what, what matters as, as we start? Context matters, right? The context of what we're reading matters. Um, who wrote the book? Why was it written? What was its purpose? And what relevance does it have for us today? That we can talk about those in the matter of context. This matters this morning, especially 
because we're, the, the temptation, when we're looking at this Proverbs 31 scripture, the temptation can be to view this as, as sort of some perfect template, right, for what a woman should be, right? And then on the flip side of that, oh man, if I feel like I don't match up with this template, then I'm, maybe I'm not a godly woman, right? That can be the temptation. I think there's some pitfalls there this morning. And so I want to, I want to talk about the bigger purpose of what I see as, of Proverbs 31 being. As far as the authors go, we know that King Solomon wrote much of the book of Proverbs. You may not know he was not the only author of Proverbs. We know of at least two other um, people who wrote sections of Proverbs. Um, one was named Agur and the other one King Lemuel. Now, we know nothing else about these two men except that they wrote these sections in Proverbs. That's all we know. But Proverbs 31, as we start reading, we find out that King Lemuel is supposedly the author. I don't know if I'm saying that name right, by the way, so your guess is as good as mine. But we learn that he writes this section, and guess what? We also hear that he got all of these messages from his own mother. So the message this morning we've entitled, Words from a King's Mother, from the Heart of a Mom to Women Here Today. Beyond the context of the author's um, the book of Proverbs is this incredible literary work. It's not just, um, it's not just God breathed and like we believe all of scripture is. It is also a literary work. It uses literary devices like simile, metaphor, personification. And all of you that hated English class, you're like, please spare me the details, right? But it personifies this idea of wisdom, right? As this, um, woman that is worth pursuing. We see wisdom compared, you know, um, described as personified as this woman. There was just a spider that fell on my table here this morning. Um, okay, it was little. No worries. I was like, whoa, okay. Maybe it's a sign. I don't know. Thanks to come. No. Um, and listen, as, as far as purposes go for, for books, um, we don't always get some definitive uh, purpose statement for every book. We know the bigger purpose of the context of the whole scripture, right? But we don't always get that. Um, for each book, we get that for the book of Proverbs. And in the first chapter, the first few verses, we read this specific purpose statement for the book of Proverbs. And it is um, to provide and develop wisdom, um, discipline, understanding, insight, and guidance, all aimed at inspiring right and reasonable living in God's standard. I think we could all use a little bit of that today in our world, amen? And we could use some of those things in our world today. Furthermore, an extremely important subject in Proverbs is um, uh, is this um, idea, concept of the family. And this, this um, is perfect because it reflects the significance of the family with God's covenant with Israel. He ingrained the family dynamic into, into his covenant with his chosen people. It's a beautiful picture. And in that, then, the special, one of the special features of this book is the description of a wise woman and, and um, wife and mother. Here's what's, here's what's interesting. As I began doing some research on this, you will not find a, a, a similar encouragement to women in, in the time of antiquity. This section in Proverbs 31 was completely unique in the way that it held women with such high regard and honor. Isn't that incredible? The Bible elevated lowly, seen as lowly in their culture at the time. It elevated them and it does that with women. As we begin this morning, let me actually start off 
with two main points before we get into Scripture. And these are so, so important for us to keep in mind as we get into this this morning. Number one, all the ideals of a virtuous and capable wife and, and mother will never be fulfilled in one woman. And all the wives elbowed their husbands and said, except me, right? It will never be fulfilled in one woman. Um, so listen, give yourself some grace this morning as we're reading through these descriptions and you're like, wow, that's not me. That's not me. Okay, I can't, I can't weave flax or whatever that means. Okay, it's okay. It's all right. Remember that the gospel shows each and every one of us our own weakness, right? It, because it then teaches us to fully depend on the sufficiency of Christ. Remember, also, these were totally agrarian societies, right? These were farming communities. They grew everything they ate. Uh, they made everything they owned. And it's, that's how this worked. So, um, again, if you don't farm, quilt, or spin thread like the woman that's described here, give yourself some credit. It's okay. All right? There, there are some overarching, um, there's some overarching principles that I think we can learn and apply this morning from Proverbs 31. Secondly, um, and equally as important, men, husbands, children here today, I want you to listen this morning to how much this man um, respects and honors his wife. Our call this morning for the rest of us here will be to how can we better respect and dignify the women in our lives from this encouragement from Proverbs 31. I hope you'll hear that this morning. So let's get into that. This is Proverbs 31. Again, we're starting in verse 10. I'm reading off from the NIV this morning. Verse 10, a wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more far more than rubies. Um, listen, when we think today of, of kind of the standard of, of a gem, of a rare gem, what would that be? What would you think of that is? Diamond, right? A diamond. It, it's, a, it's in almost all um, engagement rings, right? If, 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 uh, if there's a piece of jewelry that a, a woman wants, it more than likely has a diamond somewhere in it or multiple. Um, if that's the case, then maybe she's got the wrong spouse. I don't know. But, um, no, but um, that's kind of our standard right today. Did you know, as I, as I did some research on this, it's really interesting. Um, a ruby, back in times of antiquity, a ruby was eight times more valuable than was a diamond back then, eight times more valuable. So now I want you to think of the incredible value that this man gives his wife in, in, in showing her value and worth to him. Hear me on that? Eight times more valuable than a diamond. That's incredible. Um, ver- moving on there to verse 11. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm. All the days of her life, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. Um, young men, um, let me give you some encouragement today. I encourage you to never tell a woman she looks like a merchant ship, okay? Um, some comparisons may have lost their cultural relevance, okay? Um, maybe you just remind me of a merchant ship. You know, I don't, I don't know how that will go over. I Don't try it, don't try it. Um, but, but, but listen, what's the picture being made so far with these verses? What's the idea that we're getting? I think so far it's that this woman has joy as she provides and works to bring good to those around her, including her husband. 
Now listen, we've got, we got this kind of screwed up in our culture today, don't we? We've got this kind of flipped backwards and assume that there's something else going on. But, but I want to look into what, um, Proverbs has to say about this. Um, verse 15, I know mom's everywhere. This will be your most hated verse this morning. Are you ready? Verse 15, she gets up while it is still dark. And all the moms said, ugh, right? I'll, listen, I'll never forget the years of young babies and kids in our own family. We, we've got three now. Um, they're, um, our son's 15 and two daughters, 12 and 10. But, but those, those years when they're young, man, it's just wild, isn't it? And, um, I, listen, I admittedly was not much help. Okay. I'll just say that right off. I slept walk a lot, um, even into our marriage. And I kid you not, one time I woke up. Um, well, I didn't wake up, but I got up and I went and spanked my son in his sleep. I'm not even kidding. You can ask my wife and my son about it. He was having this nightmare. And so I, in my, you know, sleepiness stupor, go up and actually spanked him right in the middle of my wife shouts from the other room as he starts crying. What did you do? You know, look, I don't know. I'm just waking up. Anyways. I remember those years, though, and just thinking, man, God must give like a special dose of grace to young parents, right, during those years. Um, if that's you, moms and dads here this morning, listen, it's, it'll be okay. You will make it through. These years will not last forever. And, and before you know it, that young son or daughter will turn into a stinky teenager and that you wish their worst issue was them not sleeping, right? You wish, wish that was their worst issue. Listen, um, continuing on there in verse 15, she gets up while it is still dark and provides food for her family. Uh, mom, what's your mom's? What's your most hated question that your kids ask you? What's for dinner? Right? What's for dinner? And, and so, um, someone once told my wife, "Listen, just get a chalkboard, okay? Get this fancy chalkboard, hang it on the kitchen wall, and you can write what you're having for dinner every." of the week. And so the kids will just go there and, and not ask that question anymore. So we, so we did that. We tried it. My wife is in, does an incredible job at it. She meal plans and she writes everything down. Guess what? They still ask. They, either they ask when we're not at home and they can't see the board or they just for, stop looking at the board, right? Mom, what's for dinner? So if I really want to push my wife's buttons too, I'll start asking also. <laughs> she, she really, you really like it when you just, um, um, finish preparing lunch, right? And then your kids ask immediately what's for dinner. Anyways, so, um, she gets up while it is still dark, um, provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. I love that. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. That last phrase there, her lamp does not go out at night, that um, gives us this picture of a woman who has planned and prepared, right? And is ready for the next day. It kind of also um, foreshadows a little bit this parable we read of in Matthew 25, right? About the ten bridesmaids or ten virgins. They, um, they're they all awaiting this coming groom. And we know this parable is kind of a, of a picture of that when Christ returns one day that we would be ready for his return. But but these ten bridesmaids, they um, five of them were told are full because why? 
they didn't prepare enough oil, right? They didn't bring enough oil for their lamp. So in the middle of the night, their oil runs out and they are completely unprepared and unready for the coming groom. But the five wise um, bridesmaids um, bring enough oil. And so their lamps burn through the night. They are ready, prepared. So we get this picture again of this prepared um, woman and wife ready for the coming day. Um, I like the way the NLT version translates this, the next version for us. It says in verse 19, her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. You know, I want to I want to pause here for a minute, and I think really, really important, and probably one of the more important things we get out of this this morning, um, is for us to recognize that this woman, this Proverbs 31 woman, um, the va- her value is actually not in her output. Do you hear me this morning? Her value is not in all that she does. And that can be confusing because we've kind of just read this long list, right, of everything that this woman does and thinks, well, this must be where her value is. But, but her value is not in her output as much as it is her character. Remember, go back to verse 10, the beginning of this section this morning. Uh, we read, it's a wife of noble character. Pastor John Piper had this to say on the subject, and again, so important we grasp this this morning. I want us to focus in on this. Pastor Piper said, God does not put as high a premium on productivity as we think he does. He puts a much higher premium on the qualities of character, the fruits of the Spirit that all of us can exercise, right? Be careful this morning in thinking that you just don't measure up to these standards of output that this woman does. These tasks, listen, are not what make you virtuous. They are not what made this woman virtuous. It wasn't in what she did. This section of Proverbs is actually about the content of this woman's heart that overflows with these acts of service of the people she loves. You get what I'm getting at this morning? You catch it? So her worth and value as a woman, wife, member of the community is not in how much she does, but in how much she loves and cares for others around her. This next verse, verse 20, is a perfect example of this. Verse 20, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Listen, you, you, might, be, you might be here this morning, you might be listening online um, and, and thinking, Pastor Brandon, you know what? I've got some serious, um, serious physical limitations um, that, that make most of what we're talking about so far almost impossible, right? Maybe there's some chronic pain. Maybe there's disease. Maybe there's um, something else going on. Um, listen, um, this is so, so vital that we get this this morning. I want you to keep in mind that, that there are many different forms or types of faithfulness shown throughout this chapter. Right, this this woman is is showing a, a form of a specific type, um, but there are others shown. We we see that she's a hard worker. We see that she's compassionate. We see that she's hospitable. That she's bold, courageous, strong, dif- dignified, full of joy, wise and kind when she gives counsel. Maybe this maybe you have a physical limitation, as I as I said, that would make this these many of these forms of faithfulness described so far almost impossible. But those we just mentioned, um hospital um compassionate and those, um those are ones that we can all do, right? This is so important. I want us to see this. God, listen, church, God does not measure your faithfulness by the standard of someone else's faithfulness. Do you get it? God does, you will not be held accountable uh, for not singing on the worship team when God has not given you the gift of singing, right? 
He will not hold us accountable for not using athletic ability when you can't so much as shoot a layup, right? You won't be held accountable for things, for gifts that you were not given. Does that make sense? That you, you will be, you weren't, you won't be measured by something you can't physically do. Church, our calling is not to perfection, not to, our calling is not to be able to do everything and be everything to everyone. Our, our calling is to be good stewards, excuse me, of the gifts that He has given you. you. We can't do anything with gifts that He has not given, can we? We can't do anything with the gift He hasn't given us. As we continue on in this chapter, then here's some, here's some advice that those of us here in New York, um, upstate New York can better relate to, right? Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, <laughs> right? We got that one. We can do that. I'm not sure about this next part, um, but for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Anybody send your kids out in the winter in scarlet? Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, continuing on there, she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband, it reads, is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Now, here's a great thing to stop and pause and think, wait, why is her husband's respect mentioned in, a, in something as a positive quality of the woman, right? Is, is how respected her husband is a, a her responsibility? Let's think about this for a minute. Um, I don't think this verse, I'm sorry, I think this verse speaks to the confidence that the man has in his wife. Right, he he doesn't worry about um, about her, and then is free to do what he is called to do as she empowers him to do that. Right, I think that's what this verse verse speaks of. Um, He takes his seat among the elders of the land without worry of his wife. Uh, Verse twenty four: She makes fine garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. Um, and some of the most well-known verses from this chapter, right here at the end, I love these, verse 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Listen, important to note here, um, often throughout this chapter, we read of, of a strong and hardworking woman, right? If you heard some of those things so far, listen, this is no pushover, subservient wife, right? That is not what we're reading about this morning. By, by contrast, though, she is confident. She's wise in business dealings. She, and she manages the home and the family and the businesses, the, the, the property, right? That's the kind of woman we're talking about this morning. She is clothed in strength, meaning she wears strength everywhere she goes and in everything she does. That is the kind of woman we're talking about this morning. Verse 28, her children arise and call her blessed. I love this. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Listen to everyone else here this morning. Verse 28 is our calling um, with the women in our lives. Do you hear me on that? Um, Do we treat with dignity and honor um, the women in our lives? Children of mothers, here's today, um, here today, um, that the phrase showing honor, that incites some action, doesn't it? Showing honor means I, I've got to do something to show that honor, right? Children here today, what could you do 
to show your mother an extra dose of, of respect today, dignity and honor. I've got some ideas for my kids, but I'll let you all decide what that is for you. What could you do to show that? Without being prompted, right? <laughs> Without being prompted by mom or dad, what could you do on your own? Church, listen, I think one of the most revolutionary things that you and I can do um, in our culture today um, is to treat people around us that we love with absolute love and dignity. Um, I think the world notices that, right? I think the world notices how we treat people and how we treat people differently. Than, you know, it, the, our culture has almost lost common decency, right? Think about that phrase, common decency, just being decent to people, as in not being mean. Is that the standard now? Common decency? What if, what if you and I then elevated that to a place of dignity and honor, Right? Think about how revolutionary that would be. I, I, I'm not overstating here this morning. I think that could be transformative to communities. When the church wrapped its arms around people and, and said, I give you dignity and honor. I love you. I care for you. As we treat women in our lives the same. Verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I love, love how the author chooses to end this chapter. Charm and beauty, while fine, doesn't last, does it? It doesn't last. The superficial things that we can initially be drawn to in a partner, um, they just don't last forever. What will last is the foundational anchor to this entire chapter and foundational to this woman's success. It can be said that the theme of Proverbs, right, is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So here's that theme repeated for the godly woman. A quote, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. If you're new to church and you're thinking, I don't know about fear of the Lord, that doesn't sound right like a good thing. Um, understand when we talk about fear of the Lord, we don't mean as in afraid. We mean fear as in respect, right? Submission to God's will. Someone who fears God obeys his instructions. So, so also then the foundation of the Proverbs 31 woman is that the fear of the Lord is her anchor. That's what guides her every action. Her character and heart have been transformed by relying on God's direction in her life. Verse 31, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. As the worship team comes and helps us close this morning, um, listen, I want you to know there is, there is grace this morning for those who just feel like they don't line up. They don't Right, They don't meet this standard. I, I don't know um, what your experiences are with Mother's Day. Some of you have recently lost, um, lost a big loss in your family, and it's made, it's made days like this difficult. I want, you to, you know, I want you to know we love you, we care about you, and it's okay. I, His grace is sufficient for you today. Don't, don't have this, maybe you don't have this whole motherhood figured out and maybe you would think about it a while and you have regrets about things that you did or didn't do as a mom, right? Maybe, maybe that's you. Listen, um, his grace is sufficient to cover your regret. Whatever emotions that Mother's Day might elicit from you, I want you to know this today. You are honored and you are cared for, respected and loved in every area of your life whether that's success and joy 
or whether that's failures and regret, um, we can give those to Christ and He will use them for His glory. Amen? Amen. Listen, would you, would you stand with me this morning as we close? We're going to close in this uh, fantastic song, um, Christ Be Magnified. And, and listen, if you're here this morning and you've got, you've got regrets as a parent, as a mom, you've got failures that, that weigh on you, uh, maybe strained relationship with a child or a mom that's breaking your heart, um, I want you to know today His grace is sufficient for that. Whatever that is, and, and, and that, that you can give those to Christ today. And he, he gives peace. He gives hope. Uh, he gives hope for that restored relationship. Amen? Amen. Let's finish as we worship here today.